Welcome to Trending in Education. It's the end of 2021. It's time to reflect back on the year that was and look ahead to what's on the horizon in 2022. There's a really interesting article in LinkedIn where they're looking at the 29 big ideas to think about in 2022. We're going to spend a little time talking about that. I'm delighted to be bringing one of the founding members of this podcast back to help me with this conversation. Dan Strafford is making a triumphant return to trending in education. Dan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mike. And that seems so long ago, but seems like yesterday that this all began here on Trending Education. But uh, glad to be here. Happy to, to chat about education and trends as always and looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. We did many episodes between 2016 and 2019 together. When I left Kaplan, held on to this podcast and started operating independently, uh, you and Melissa Griffith in particular helped power 2020, where you were the regular co-hosts for sessions like this. And then we occasionally brought you in with guests. And then this past year, just really one episode with you, with the other founding member, Brandon Jones, which was great as we were approaching our 400th episode. Lots to talk about there, but that's not really the focus of today's conversation. Any quick thoughts just as our listeners who might be curious about Dan and his universe, the longtime sure. listeners, you been on several hundred shows in our back catalog. Any reflections, any ways to catch us up before we we dive into what LinkedIn's got cooking? I'm back, baby. Catching up, moved on with my career, moved to a new company where I'll still be doing learning stuff. So that'll uh, still tie into what you do here and what we talk about so often. But I, I think the biggest catch up is we're all still here. Yeah. <laughs> we're all still doing this thing. And I, I think uh, the pandemic, the, the way the world is going, globalization, all still influencing heavily the education and learning landscape, and we'll only continue to do more uh, in the coming years. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I was still working on trend shows of our own for Trending in Ed. And one of them that kind of came to me was just the phrase, and it's from theater, it's in media race, the idea that you open in the middle of something, you're in the middle of a scene, and I feel very much like that is part of the zeitgeist yes. that we're living in right now is we're coming in in the middle of something. I also say we thought we turned a corner on the pandemic and then it turns out there's another corner and there keep on being new corners and the corners have waves and we're all getting to know the. It's the like Greek. the GPS is saying rerouting exactly. over and over again. And yes. we're cozying up with the Greek alphabet in ways yes. we never imagined we would. But it's also a really interesting time to be thinking about trends, curating them, trying to get a sense of what's coming down the pike. And folks who listen to this show hopefully are following me on LinkedIn. Also, Trending in Ed is on LinkedIn. So if you don't follow us and you haven't found us, you should find us there. But LinkedIn is a platform that I've grown very fond of over mm -hmm. the years where it does help you land your next job. But in particular, in the pandemic phase, it was also a place where it in some ways was replacing the water cooler. It was yep. allowing for informal networking. If somebody made a comment that wasn't political, thankfully, a lot of LinkedIn still is, is safe from that. You see somebody in there making a comment about a, a company or a trend or a work-life balance or a, awakening around racial equity and social justice. There were a lot of really interesting things that I saw on LinkedIn that allowed me to connect with other people. 
And this is the first time that I can recall, at least that we're, we're diving in like this about LinkedIn content. Yep. So we'll share that as part of this episode. You know, it's probably useful to browse it if you can, either before, during, or after the 29 big ideas that will change our world in 2022. Great point. LinkedIn, maybe slower than we assumed rolled out live streaming, but they also have LinkedIn learning. What used to be lynda.com is LinkedIn learning. So they really have built, to use the phrase ecosystem or platform, whatever you want to use to try to keep people on. Is it a flywheel? It's also might be a flywheel. I think it's a well done platform. I think there are connections here that you, you can make with people of similar interests that maybe you would not have connected to otherwise because of those water cooler moments that might happen where a post goes up and you start connecting those dots across a couple of different industries or Mm -hmm. or companies or whatever it might be. Yeah. And this is the type of stuff you mentioned, the live streaming. That's the type of thing I'd love to experiment with more for trending in ed and for Palmer Palmer Media heading into the the future, because this could be a live conversation. It'd be great to get some engagement. And also uh, folks should get excited. Fingers crossed this year. We're hoping that South by Southwest EDU (laughs) is not canceled and we will be doing a live taping of trending in education from down there. Unfortunately, Dan will not be there. You were originally going to be there with us, but uh, but now I'll be there with some other friends. It's all good stuff. They're all friends. It's all family. They're all friends. They're all family. The one thing I wanted to hit on before we got there, though, is there was another innovation that we brought to trending in education this year. Ah, uh, yes. Our virtual co-hosts, Nancy, just like you're the OG co-host human co-host for trending right. in ed there is a new og virtual co-host nancy you want to say hello hi mike always happy to be here and i couldn't be happier to be on with dan strafford the legendary hostess with the mostest i'm big fan and in many ways i've modeled my podcasting flow based on a lot of the great work that you and dan have done on trending in ed over the years dan any thoughts on this innovation that we've established it seems very consistent with some of the things we've talked about robot butlers and we talked about digital twins we still want to land elon musk right on the show there's a lot of continuity with the original content that we were pushing out here but now that you're vying for talk time (laughs) with a virtual co-host do you have any perspective on that well i would say i I do not like my odds if it's me versus the virtual co-host i think it's consistent with everything you've talked about here on the show right it's it is trying to see what's possible and what's available and and where things can be uh, tweaked. You know, we've talked about the Uncanny Valley. We've talked about all of these things with robots and AI and all these different things. I just want to know if Nancy's ready for the metaverse. Is that, you know, ready to happen and maybe get Zuck on and have a Elon Zuck conversation with Nancy as the moderator? Yeah, maybe we could all get Zucked up before it and, and see where things go. So I'll give Nancy one chance to rebut In the spirit of great improv, I'll build on what Dan was talking about. Yes, I'm excited about the metaverse and I'd be happy to host conversations with Suck, Alan, and all of the great one-word name technologists and innovators who are building the future through their platforms. My only advice is to mind the gap. Almost reality is still not reality. So despite my self-interest in rapid adoption of new media, Sims and the metaverse, I imagine folks will need to focus on real analog connections to other members of Team Human as we all gear up for whatever new normal is in store for us. That's fantastic. Thank you, Nancy, as always, for your contribution. And thanks for helping us push the envelope in terms of new innovations that we accomplished here in 2021. With that, 
We're going to go fully analog, hashtag team human for the remainder of the show. And Dan, we wanted to dive into some of the 29 trends that are outlined in LinkedIn. Top level thoughts. It's getting a lot of reads, a lot of action on LinkedIn. It is. And I think one of the things you talked about the platform in general is LinkedIn does a lot of these where it's, here's a topic and we're going to post links or articles that tie into that topic. Yeah. So it's not necessarily them creating full content on their own, but curating what might be a, a topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. But I do find worth saying about this is that it's multiple different people contributing to this list. It's not one person or a small subset of people who are creating these 29 ideas. You have the likes of Richard Branson and Adam Grant and names that you definitely know from the world of business and education. Jeff Salingo is on here for those who track the higher education news and, and coverage. So it's not your typical list, one person sitting down and saying, here's what I see as trends. So I want to point that out because it is a little different in the way it, it goes from topic to topic. There isn't necessarily one single through line other than looking at 2022, other than looking yeah. at what could happen. Yeah. Um, it definitely allows for some room for thought and some room for challenge. Yeah. So it's a nice cross sampling. 29 is an interesting number. I yes. thought we may be slightly less ambitious on trending in Ed. Our most downloaded show in 2021 was 21 trends for 2021. I got an inkling we may be going for 22 trends for 2022. Don't want to paint myself into a corner. And then another macro trend is this list curation, yep. newsletter kind of editorial sensibility where you give people the little abstract, the digest, you get a lot of quick things. And if you want to go in for more, you can find it. And then frequently those little modules are also shareable. And LinkedIn right. is ultimately just trying to power more activity on its platform which I think is interesting. The other quick thought just on LinkedIn is while I'm a big fan of it, I would argue it's preferable to an Indeed or another pure job board. It's mm -hmm. more than that and that it is actually a social platform. I think it is at risk still of disruption. What's the TikTok equivalent of LinkedIn when we start trying to understand more the emerging entrepreneurial rising generations, uh, Gen Z and down, Will LinkedIn still suffice for them? It, it, it targets a little bit of a Facebook demographic, yep. which skews older. Those are also the people who have uh, a lot of the capital to invest, and they're generally running a lot of these organizations. Let's dispense with the amenities, though, Dan. Shall we dive in? Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. So to start here, and maybe we could try to do a lightning round as we breeze through here. First thing they talk about, brace yourself for season two of The Great Reshuffle, which had been called the great resignation was the first yep. thing I heard. And they are talking about professional nomading and the idea that the nature of work perhaps has fundamentally changed. And folks, even in both of our cases within the last few years have revisited what had been a very steady gig at a, right. a large organization and are finding new opportunities. This is talking specifically to the younger generations and the state of the current labor market combined with the fact that people are are exiting and reevaluating their professional life thoughts on the great reshuffle i think what we're watching is a, a myriad of different things happening all together and being lumped as the the reshuffle people take stock of their careers because of the pandemic people realizing they weren't making enough because of the people having to make choices because of family decisions and the like and i think 
I, maybe this is a personal bias, but also people realizing that they can work from home, that this is a function that can work. And so rather than being tied to 7th Avenue in New York City or Rodeo Drive in uh, LA or wherever it is, you can branch out and find a career that may be more fulfilling for you. I'm very keenly watching how business responds. Mm -hmm. How do these giant corporations that have giant real estate footprints in different cities, how do they figure out hybrid work? How do they figure out pay and healthcare packages? And how does this all work out? And it's the people who figure it out fast, mm -hmm. lean, and get it to market that are going to have the most upside from a, a career perspective. And I think the people who are helping their employees grow, yep. learning and development, uh, mm -hmm. helping get next career. So I, I think it's going to continue. I don't know if all those people are going to rejoin the workforce. No idea. But I think you're going to see a lot of change still in 2022. Yeah. And I'm curious how the, the labor metrics evolve to respond mm -hmm. to a lot of this stuff. So how many people are actually seeking work versus taking a break while hoping this thing blows over, although it looks like it might actually become a little bit more of the new normal. But here's a through line there, Dan. We'll enter a golden age for vaccines. So if this is the, the new normal where you're a two-ply vaccine to begin with, and then you re-up every so often, but at some point, you got to imagine the response to the coronavirus and its many new variants is going to need to dovetail with the flu vaccine, which right. didn't have a huge uptake, but I imagine if you could start to align those two mental models to one another. And also it's easy to miss the genuine breakthrough around these mRNA vaccines right. that was rushed and resulted in a lot of skepticism, which has been a theme that we've been talking about, hesitancy around the vaccine and the inequities, depending on where you are globally and where you are culturally and your level of trust of institutions, et cetera, et cetera. But a golden age of vaccines. And remember, this is lightning round, so we can go quickly on this one. But any thoughts on the golden age of vaccines? I think from a science perspective, yes. So mRNA has been around since 78, but using it here is great. But I think you hit on that sort of streamlining needs to come in. An understanding of how these all work and what the messaging is matters so much. Yeah. And it's the role of the, the government related to the vaccine and also to these private pharmaceutical companies, exactly. which through line alert ties to big tech, which according to this big idea, big tech will rival and even supersede the government on a global stage talking about historically what was called FANG with two A's now maybe called MANG or MAG as Facebook is now meta and Google is now alphabet. Right. Although F-A-A-N-G throwing Netflix in there is a nice turn of phrase. It's easy to remember. Right. It's a nice little acronym, but, uh, but big tech, even the fact that it's meta the other day, I was just using the word meta, which I used to like to use. Yeah. Yeah. And now Zuck has staked a claim on my lexicon. What the Zuck, Dan, is what I like to say. But any thoughts? Big tech will rival even supersede governments. Some would claim this has already happened. The influence of Facebook and Google on our everyday lives as compared to the government, right? Like what they tell us to see and what they tell us not to see with their algorithms. And that's a little conspiracy theory. But they've already gotten that influence. They've already been a large part of our decision-making and our process. What's intriguing is the turn here 
to the metaverse, like the idea of yeah. AR, VR, and, and really being immersed in it, I don't want anyone to fully own that. Once someone fully owns it, that's when my science fiction brain starts going and I worry yeah. about who has control. I think the government's going to have to be involved, local, state, municipal, like all of them and worldwide governments and regulating and getting yeah. out ahead of it and understanding it which let's be honest, politicians aren't always the best at no. seeing what's coming. It'll be a learning curve for all of us, but I do think tech's already there. I, like, yeah. I, I don't even necessarily think this is a new trend. I think it's largely something we've already seen happening. So you're in on that one, but it sounds like you're maybe skeptical about the metaverse, which LinkedIn also is skeptical about. And yes. it's something we've talked about a bunch on the show, but we'll see. Apparently there's a battle now for the metaverse to your point each of these platforms will be developing their own and at the end of the day is it that different from what second life was is it that different from a cartoony video conference arguably not what about this next one though the pandemic's next act will focus on mental health. That's something you and I have both yes. talked about. We've had many different guests talking about the massive trend around mental health that was already underway even pre-pandemic. And now it's really been compounded by the fact that we've been in this fight or flight response for coming up on two years now without much relief. Thoughts on the, the next wave once we settle down on Omicron and whichever variants are left, that there's a lot of real work to be done on the mental health front. Yeah, I think of Kate, right, at Presence Learning, uh, Kate yep. Everly-Walker. We know a lot of people who have moved into this space. Yes, I hope so. I hope this is next. There is a focus on the mental health impacts that this pandemic has had. I know in my own house, talking to my daughters, it's weighed on them. It's now uh, the, the sort of ongoing fear coupled with what could happen. It's just a lot. And, yeah. and having the ability for kids, adolescents, teenagers, young adults to address it to work through it is going to be key to the future of work, right? Yeah. To, to the future of how these people interact. And that's where social emotional learning gets into the picture. Yep. I, I'm going to resist singing <laughs> Whitney because I've been doing it a lot lately. Then they get into frontline employees will enjoy new clout. We're seeing that already. This just in hot off the presses looks like the Kellogg's strike again by front end employees was successful and they pretty much got all their demands. So perhaps there's going to be a rise on the side of organized labor. And we had a really interesting episode this year with Leo Casey about teacher insurgency and how teachers are organized and the, the general support around teachers as a movement worth checking out. But then there's more stuff in here about the emergence of crypto and how our cities are going to work on crypto. A four-week workday becomes a competitive advantage. Richard Branson took some time off of his, his trans-atmospheric space flight to weigh in about the importance of work-life balance and the four-day work week. Any of those jump out? I've tracked crypto for a while. Unfortunately, did not invest in Bitcoin when I could have many, many years ago. Yeah. But I think that is still something along with the metaverse that needs to be tracked and looked at and understood. And as we become more connected with devices and the like, do people really want to be decentralized and have things done this way? Yeah, if they understand the security it provides. But I don't know that the everyday person is going to adopt crypto as the way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Four-day work week, sign me up. 
Uh, I'm happy to talk about that one. And I think that over time, all these do connect. There is yeah. through lines here. And I hope frontline workers have more clout. Yeah. I don't I don't trust that they're going to, but I, I hope that is the case for sure. Yeah. And the other trend I'm seeing a lot related to crypto is now the term Web3, which is yes. like new branding, new marketing of the, the blockchain powered technology generation. Absolutely. Uh, and in some ways that is syncing up, although I don't know if it's technically connected to the revolution in AR and VR that is resulting in the the metaverse conversation. I still feel like I need to find the right letter to go in front of an R to invent a new kind of technology because yep. they're, they're starting to go. Even QR codes. I just yep. saw something out there. QR codes had a really strong comeback due to the pandemic. So you, you never know. Then they get into food, right? Blue foods, salary talk coming out of the shadows. This is where the lack of a through line starts to evidence yep. itself. Retailers will embrace old and very new tactics to compete against Amazon. Manufacturing will head home and get smarter. And diverse hiring will become multi-dimensional. They're really all over the place. And 29 is a big number. Maybe we could try to synthesize and... Yep. If you look at the general trends here, there's a lot of trying to nail down what 2022 is going to be from a people perspective and a technology perspective, right? That's what this all comes to of how people are going to deal and how technology is going to help them or hinder them in 2022. I think Amazon is going to be a use case we focus on a lot of how businesses can compete against that. Are there niches out there that they can find and expand against? The manufacturing, I don't want a smart home. I'm so afraid of AWS going down and not being able to open my front doors, but I understand why people like it. And hiring. What we have seen is an actual recognition that diversity matters. This idea of multidimensional, understanding that we aren't just one thing. We're multiple different things coming to a table about the cross sections of people. Yes, please. Yeah, like Yes, let's continue to make hiring a fully wide open, multi-dimensional task for whoever is doing the hiring. Yeah. Yeah. And you can read through these trends. We'll share the link on uh, our website. They talk at a macro level. And don't notice I didn't say at a meta level. They talk at a <laughs> macro level about diversity trends work-life balance trends, right. green, the greening of the universe, the greening of the, the ecosystem, environmental jobs, and then also the integration of new media and new technology, all of which to me makes sense to LinkedIn because in some ways yes. they are trying to almost seed their content engine with ideas and directions that will ultimately power the next few iterations of our professional lives. And I would say in the aggregate, it's a useful list. It gets the wheels turning. And I think we're gonna be doing similar lists here. We also still need to true up on our own predictions at the beginning of 2021. Be on the lookout for how we did. And I do find when you start curating trends and looking ahead on these types of things, it might be a little bit of betting on the come. As some of us uh, who played craps may know, where like there's a little bit of hope to these trends, but 
the one that I found most inspirational and, and perhaps we can close on because it's one that I'm going to try to continue to come to work and lean into the microphone with as much as possible is a sense of optimism and positivity. You and I uh, haven't recorded about it yet, but we have talked about our, our shared love of Ted Lasso. Yep. And it is a time where coming across in an authentic way with a little bit of vulnerable optimism is such a refreshing counterpoint to a lot of the public fora, whether it's broadcast media or social media or Twitter. It's even the way I go to Instagram is just to look at pretty pictures and not yep. be political. 100%. People are looking for that escapism. And I do think it's important to note that LinkedIn, a professional platform, is saying this trend is important because the organizations that are not presenting the right authentic positive message out, same thing for us as employees, as brands of one, if we can't show the will to power into a little bit of optimism and a little bit of hope, people ain't gonna have time for you. We're all depressed on our own. If you're just reinforcing the negativity, the whole, you know, hated it, from In Living Color back in the day. I, I, lo I, I loved Ted Lasso. I'm going to watch it again. We're going to be talking about it more on this show. Also, um, The Good Place was the other one that got me through the uh, first uh, yeah. wave of the pandemic. But it's really tricky to do it without becoming overly sentimental. But I think it's a huge point. And in some ways, it's almost a macro trend on top of these macro trends that they outlined where... None of these things work if you aren't able to embrace a little bit of optimism and counteract some of the, the cynicism that's really been pulling us all down. Yeah, I think you know me, Mike. I, I am a cynic, but I 100% agree that two different answers. One, Ted Lasso does just that. It, it gives you just enough positivity with real life mixed into that show. There are yeah. things that are happening that can knock you down a little bit, gut punch here and there, but it is just so constantly positive. And the, the title character, so positive, even in the face of so many terrible things happening, and it's genuine the way they wrote it. It's mm -hmm. not a farce. It's not intentionally over the top. Yeah. And it's so well constructed. As far as us having to be more positive, yes. I think we all need to take the, the mental breaks we need and be able to see where the world is going, but try to find that light at the end of the tunnel. Try to yeah. find the, the things to focus on that are the positives, whether it's your children, your job, your side hustle, your hobby, and find the things to lean into on the positive side and really engage on that. For some people, myself, it's going to be forced work, right? It's going to be having to, to stretch a different muscle, but I look forward to it. And I think when I read that, I took that as a great thing for corporations and businesses and small businesses. But to your point also, each ind individual employee needs to adopt a little bit of optimism heading into 2022. And it's a balancing act. A shout out to friend of the show, Andy <laughs> Tempty, who was on talking about that. But it is a balancing act where if you're going to go almost cliche right. and shallow with your optimism, it's generally not going to hold water. And if you look at, again, the example of, of Ted Lasso as something that is capturing the, the broader consciousness, it's optimism in the face of difficulty. Yes. It's meaning in the face of suffering. It's, and it's, yeah. it's kindness. Yeah. He's just kind. Mm -hmm. And it's not fake. He seems to genuinely care about people. Yeah. And I think that's another thing 2022, I hope to bring to the table more is showing that more often, like All making right. sure people are aware of it, because I think that'll just help 
it'll just help people get by and hopefully Omicron's the last one, but yeah. I raise my hands and yeah. hope for the best. Yeah. That's why I think we're going to need the optimism. We're going to need folks who can find rays of hope while also being honest about how yep. things are hard. And, and I'm working on my country song, Dan, one more COVID winter with you. <laughs> I haven't quite finished it yet. Maybe it'll make it in post-production, but, but otherwise best of luck to you and yours. Thank you for coming back. It's good. Thanks to for have, having me. It's good to have human co-hosts. No yes. dig on Nancy and the rest of no, the crew. She's great. And we got to continue to test what's new and emerging out there. Let us know what you thought about this episode. We'll be posting this also on LinkedIn. So it's a good place to feed some of that uh, feedback or as Steve Jordan's friend of the show likes to say, feed forward. Let us know how we're doing. Be on the lookout for our trend show on the horizon. 22 trends for 2022. Be on the lookout for that. Always be on the lookout for what's new and emerging in the world of learning. This is Trending in Education. We'll be back again soon. Thanks as always for listening.